podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic state of mind. We're all smiling. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm joined today by Tony Haggerty and Russell Boyce. And I must start off with an apology. I've got to apologise for the fact that I'm here and Amy Canavan is not. I know that a lot of people tune in to see Amy every Monday, but she will be back next week. Russell Boyce, you covered the game yesterday with me. Uh, Tony, I know you watched the game as well. We're going to be indulging a wee bit in where we are here. Uh, under Ange Postecoglou. Um, and obviously we've got to touch on some of the, the more concerning aspects of play. I don't think we're all that surprised that we're leaking a goal here and there, Tony. But uh, when you look back on the performance, what was your main takeaways from the 3-2 victory against Hearts? <laughs> Strap yourself in for a, a roller coaster of a season. That, that, <laughs> this is this is rock and roll football, Ange style, isn't it? You know? mm. Your man, Dan, from Japan, did tell us, you know, <laughs> you score five, you score four, we'll score five. I think yesterday, though, I wouldn't. you wouldn't have been surprised if that game ended 7-2. The one negative was the fact that it was 3-2, but there was, not, was ever a scoreline reflected, you know, did not reflect the, you know, what actually happened in a football match, it was that. Mm-hmm. And we on that, as you said, but... Uh, that first half, I think, I don't think uh, Celtic supporters have seen a first half like that in a long, long time, you know. And, you know, they, they, they were purring, 
you know, for just I was watching it yesterday and all sorts of tweets coming in, you know. They were just delighted with what they were seeing, you know, and the Edward's goal, it's a thing of beauty in terms of a football goal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's about four or five players involved in the move, I think. Turnbull, Ed uh, sorry, Turnbull, Rogic, Kyogo, Forrest and Edward were involved in it, if memory serves. And he just cut hearts open. It's a, it's a beautiful football goal and it's mm-hmm. very much Ange ball. That's Ange ball, poetry in motion, rock and roll football. And when it works, it's a it's beautiful and it's joyful to watch. But when it doesn't work, and as it didn't work for a period of about 10 minutes in that second half, Kyogo got the third and you, and you were allowed to breathe again. You know, there was concerns, but we'll touch upon that. But I think Celtic supporters are getting excited you know, they're getting up off their seat. They're getting that the style that Ange promised. You know, so in its early days, you don't want to get carried away. You've played a team who got promoted from the Championship twice, played the other team who got promoted from the Championship twice, and you've played a middle-of-the-road Czech team. Come Wednesday night, we're in a game, a real game, against far decent and a higher standard opposition. You know, but the early things are good. It's exciting, and I think a lot of I think all the Celtic supporters have now bought into Ange Ball. They're enjoying what they're seeing mm-hmm. for two Mondays in a row. You were like the Joker and Batman. <laughs> Smiles are beaming. You know, so if he can keep that up, I think he'll make a lot of Celtic supporters very, very happy. But you stress the caliber of opposition you've played so far. Just keep the Keep your feet in the ground, so to speak. Now, Russell, Tony was talking there about Celtic fans purring. Um, we have had our grills turned into purrs by Ange Postacoglu. We will obviously pinpoint all the good, but all the concerns as well. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I seen yesterday that Starfelt was trending on Twitter. I don't think we went in studs up on Carl Starfield yesterday, but we pointed out that some of the concerns at the back were around his performance, and we'll touch on that. Before doing so, when you look at that that game against Hearts, you know, the rock and roll football, as Urban Kulshi likes to call it, and Tony Haggart has already called it, uh, they will score five, we will score seven. I think there's going to be quite a few teams this season on the wrong ends of a four, five, six, nothing um defeat against this Celtic side, Russell. The only concern is, like Tony says, the 10-15 minutes where, you know, Hearts got in about us, we didn't look as kind of stable at the back. That's that's when I get concerned. And in particular, when we're up against better opposition, and we will be up against better opposition on Wednesday night. But let's pinpoint the positives first and foremost. And let's also talk about something we touched, touched on yesterday, Russell. If that is what you get, from the J League, let's go back. Let's go back and see what else they've got. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think now that is the, the definitely the question on everyone's lips is, do you know of anyone else, Ange, that can make a contribution like Kyogo has in other positions in the park? Not only just for the quality that they bring, but for the work ethic and the influence they'll have on the rest of the team. You can already see Kyogo's had an impact on Edward. In my opinion, it is... It was undeniable yesterday. Edward busted a gut for that first goal. A gut that he has not busted in a year. And I do believe, whilst the manager obviously gets a lot of the praise for that, 
I think when you're watching a guy in your position doing that, it inspires people. It makes you want to work harder. He, he's a great influence. And this, Kyogos came in not as this young boy with his dream move to Celtic. He's 26 years old. Mm-hmm. This is just how he's played his career with these ethics, with these sort of principles. And I think if Ange knows of one or two others, it'd be remiss not to be following up those opportunities. In terms of the actual game yesterday, I think, you know, positives in that first half, I was blown away by what I seen. I watched the highlights back today. It was incredible what we watched. And I know you're saying about um, it could be 6 nothing at Drubbins. Yesterday was one of those pointing cases because 35 shots we had on goal yesterday, I think it turns out. 35 shots on goal. Now, we will play better opposition, but I think the team's ready to play better opposition now than mm. what they were at the, the beginning of the season. They're more ready now. I'm not saying it's the finished article by any means, but I feel more confident going into Altmar game now than what I did when we played Mitchelland. And I believe Altmar are a tougher test than Mitchelland, yet I'm more confident about us playing Altmar than I was Mitchelland. That's testament to what we've seen the last three or four matches. I also think as well, though, Craig Gordon proved yesterday, will not play many better keepers than him. That is the honest truth. I thought yesterday he was a man inspired at times. And I think we will put teams to the sword. And if we create 35 shots, more games than not at Celtic Park, then to touch on what you said, but I think there could be a lot of sides in, in for a serious job in this season. And there's a lot to be positive about there. You mentioned the wobble, the 10, 15 minute wobble. It's frustrating, like there's no two ways about it because it, what I want is the team, when you're playing that fast-paced attacking football, right, you need to have a thick skin because it, you are going to be exposed at times, right? That's just the nature of the way you're playing right now. So there is a chance you're going to concede a goal. If you do, it needs to be erased from memory from the moment the ball is kicked off again. Mm-hmm. I, I felt we, I mean, Tony spoke about it last night. Tony used the word, we wobbled. And mm. I felt we did wobble for maybe 10 minutes until Kyogo's goal really sort of settled us back down again because we had that two-goal cushion. And my advice right now would be expect to concede goals when you play that sort of football. Yeah. Get a thick skin, though, and don't let it affect you as much. I click think, back in. Yeah, click back into place. Yeah. Russell, like a boxer, you've got to learn to take a chin shot. Great point. And not go down. Mm. Right? You take it on the chin, as the expression says, and you get on with it. You get on with the job at hand. You can't keep wobbling and falling to the canvas for 10 minutes every time there's a, you know someone scores and there's adversity against you, which is what they did, which, as you say, was the worry. It's nitpicking, possibly, in a lot of Celtic supporters' eyes, but it's also realism. It's, true, it's a truism. That's what you're watching. And Celtic, for 10 minutes, were shaky yesterday after they conceded the penalty. You know, is this a wee, um, a wee bit of a legacy of last season, Tony, where had we lost the goal here or there, inevitably we went into a rut and we, I mean, you, you can say there were, there were games last season, let's use the AC Milan game, we, we went 2 nothing up at San Siro. You know, there, there was 30 minutes of that game where we looked like dynamite, right? But as soon as they started coming back at us, we kind of closed down. And I think there might be a wee bit of a legacy issue from last season, but we played through it, Tony. We played through it, and obviously we overcame it. Yeah, and that's what you want to see. You know, and I think myself and Russell touched on that last week of the strap line of the title of the programme. We were speaking about other players from the J-League, weren't we, last week, last Monday? Yes. We said Ange was perfectly entitled to go to the board and say to the board, 
there's plenty more where that came from, you know? Yeah. His hand and say, you slap a big fat check in my hand, I'll go and get you these players. Because if he's working off his list, we stress the point that it's his list he now needs to be working off. Yes. And his person's of interest. Russell likes that phrase. Mm-hmm. And, I think, and I think if he can identify the players in the holes that we need to fill, i.e. right back, centre half, left back, which he clearly is trying to do, then he has to be given a helping hand. Because if that's a standard affair, you're going to be watching every other week. You know, you can spin that as well with the stats and say 32 shots at goal, only three goals. Right? You know, and Kyogo, as much as I love him and he's got five and five so far, he's missed a hell of a lot of sitters. It should be 10 and five. <laughs> you're really going to say, you know, he has to relax and calm down on it. You know, because there's a couple of times, the Dundee game and yesterday where he was snatching at opportunities. Now, they won the game 3-2. But that's the difference between four, two, five, two, six, two, seven, two, right? Well, at some point, he has to be told, right, calm down. You know, you're naturally talented. Function and focus at all times, and these chances will be put away naturally. A couple of times he snatched it. That that's mega nitpicking. You know, and you can hear the Celtic fans go, "Yeah, we have his case." <laughs> you know, you're pointing out things that are happening on the football field yeah you know he scored some cracking goals but he's also missed some ones some setters that you would think you'd have buried that you know you don't want it to become costly moving forward you know it hasn't so far because they've blown teams away even Hearts yesterday they got the last minute goal that kind of put a, a negative slant on the scoreline but you know they, they were they were comprehensively beaten yesterday Hearts there's yeah to that right but again, you only scored three goals. Craig Gordon was in great form, as Russell said. But you have to start being, you know, you have to start being ruthless. If you're going to beat teams six and seven, nothing as you say they will, Paul, then they have to start being very ruthless in front of goal for that to happen. I think you make the, the, the point yesterday in the group, Tony, and it was probably some people thought, oh, here comes a prophet of doom, but you're right. You're actually right. We were talking about the anticipation of Kyogo after Turnbull mishit the shot, right? Mm-hmm. And it spins in. And 99 times out of 100 last season, that would have spinned into Craig Gordon's hands because no one anticipated that. Kyogo did, which was incredible. I mean, the minute Turnbull kicks the ball, he's already turning and he's going just in case he yeah. can nibble anything up. So we're giving him massive credit for that. But with hindsight, Tony, you're right, you know, once that ball drops it, I mean, should put it away. The spot on with it. I made the point that there's no point in having anticipation if the end product's not there. Right? And you, you can feed into that what you will. But what's the point in saying your centre forward gets into great positions if he's not scoring? You know, there is absolutely no point. Because the point of a centre forward is to get into great positions and call me old fashioned to score. <laughs> How many goals do you think? I remember um, when Van Hooydonk came in, and it was always in my mind that he scored nine goals at the end of his first season. Remember the final game being the Erdrick Cup final, but it might have been eight. I think it was nine. Um, and I predicted that he would score thirty goals the following season. I mean, I'm looking at the moment, and I'm not getting too carried away because I know that there are elements of his game that he needs to iron out. Of course there is, Tony, but I'm looking at Furuhashi just now and thinking that potentially he's got 30 goals um, in his locker. 
this season. Do you think that, that that's too optimistic in me to suggest that? Paul, he's got 50 goals in his locker if he screws the nut and <laughs> continues to do what he's doing and relaxes on it, you know, because he, he, he'll beat defenders for fun with his speed <laughs> and his anticipation. He just needs to calm down in front of goal, you know. I'm serious. I'm, I'm not being... I mean, he's got five and five. This guy could score a barrel load of goals. But he'll also miss a barrel load of chances if he continues to go the way he's going. So at some point, the penny has to drop and he has to become cold-hearted and clinical in front mm-hmm. of him. Right? Okay? And that's that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And if he does, then 30 goals are kind of conservative estimate, I think you'll find. You know, because this, this guy's a naturally talented footballer. He really is. He's a real deal. What a gem and what a find from him. Absolutely. Yeah. See, the big thing, the big thing, Tony, I think all of us to a degree, and it, this is, you know, this is a, a, a typical thing, I guess, uh, when we're looking at Scottish football, is we maybe looked at the A League and the J League with. I don't know. I wouldn't say disdain, but we didn't really know what kind of level we're, we're working at here. So you're looking at all the the leagues and where they are in terms of the rank overall. And it's difficult to say, well, if a player comes from that, that environment into the Scottish game, they're going to thrive. And then there's all these other elements to that as well. How quickly do they settle? How physical are they? And I think um, Furashi is very physical, actually. And I think he's going to look after himself, no sweat. But now that he's come over and he's been a success... I think it's at that point, Russell, where there's a little bit more confidence where you think we could do this again. We could bring in another couple. It's it's less of an unknown quantity, isn't it? The environment in which they've been playing in when you see just how quickly Kyogo has adapted to this and you think to yourself, why not? And again, it might even help him and it might show him, um, give him a wee bit of that comradeship that uh, often players require so that when he's wondering about Glasgow, he doesn't end up in Ikea. <laughs> I mean, I think first and foremost as well, four point five million mm. gets you absolutely nothing in football these days normally. You know, I know we operate in a different sort of stratosphere from down south, but you look at four and a half million pound players down there, it's League One. Sometimes top end League One are paying that sort of money, you know. Well Greg comes we, to We mind. bought in Cham four and a half million pounds a man man city reserve. I know. A reserve never played a game for Man City. We paid four and a half million. We've mm-hmm. got this guy coming in. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. 
Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, Japanese International. Obviously, a player I just watched at close quarters in the J League over a couple of years. And I just think that money is so well spent already. I noticed as well. See, the other thing that and I don't like, and we like the football side of things and all that, but you can't turn a blind eye about the business operations at Celtic as well. Now, their Twitter feed, I don't know if you've seen this, they've set up a Japanese written one, Twitter page, official one, 19,000 followers they got in the first five days. Now, you start then converting that into merch. How, how's the actual one coming on, Boise? <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still using the lingo phone. The news, folly. I'm still working on it, man. Um, but I, I mean, I just think that sort of you look at that, that market you're tapping into, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Four and a half million becomes a paltry sum. It becomes nothing. It becomes money that's actually you're making back without actually having to sell the player because of all these other avenues that you can go down, as well as first and foremost what he can actually achieve, Celtic by scoring goals, i.e. group stage football of the Europa League it will be this year, mm-hmm. you know, and potentially next, and you're potentially by scoring 30, 40, 50 this season, Champions League football next year. Where does your four and a half million sit when you then look at the, the bounty that we could win if we win the league, thanks mainly to someone like Kyogo? Yeah. Now, this has to be investigated by the board. They have to be waking up and going, scrap the old list, and can you repeat the trick? It's so important. I, I just think that the evidence is there staring you in the face. There is a window ticking down. You know, Jim White's pulling his yellow tie out the news, getting all ironed out, you know what I mean? 14 days to go or whatever it is. To me, those 14 days should be spent working with Ange heavily on is there one or two that you can think of others that firstly would be available, secondly interested, thirdly can make the sort of impact that Furuhashi has because... That, to me, is, a, is an avenue that is staring us in the face. What you're seeing on the pitch, to me, is Kyogo is the epitome of Ange Postacoglu's methods of football. Yeah. He is that free-flowing, fast-paced mm-hmm. style, mm-hmm. full of enthusiasm. Uh, but like Tony says, and like Ange already has, and I'll say it every week, Ange has adapted. All right? And he has adapted. There's just no two ways about it, whether folk like it or not. The second you sign James McCarthy and Joe Hart, you have adapted. Right? And I think... Kyogo needs to just adapt slightly to go in. It's a bigger deal when I score for Celtic. So rather than just step over and try to go around the keeper against Jablonek in the first 20 seconds on Thursday, finish the ball, score no. the goal, kill the time. That has to come first. And see, once he gets that ace in his veins, I have no reason to think he won't, by the way. Absolutely no reason to think he won't because he's a quick learner, the boy. You can tell that. Yeah. And we've got one heck of a player on our hands. Absolutely. And you've got what you've got there in Ange Postacoglu, Russell. You, I mean, money can't buy that, you know, that knowledge of that particular market. You know, it, we, we would be scouring uh, worldwide agents to try and get the kind of knowledge that Ange has at his disposal. So Paul, tap into it. Paul, that's his frustration because he knows mm-hmm. those players that he can pick up right now. And he said that I've not been able to get it done quick enough or I've not been forceful enough. The reason he's saying these words are he knows at least two or three players that can come in and he's clearly said to the board, I could get him, him and him. Only let me get him, him and him. They'll make a big difference in the Celtic board for whatever reason. I've not delivered yet. The window's ticking down, as Russell says. 
But I'm sure in the back of Andy's mind, he's saying, please let me get him, him and him, possibly from the J-League or the A-League. But he knows, he knows for a fact there's players that can make a big difference to that team and get them playing for 90 minutes the way he wants to play. You know, if you can get a tune out of Rogic for 73 minutes yesterday, you know what I mean? You you are verging on some kind of miracle worker. You know what I mean? And you almost took Rogic off because we're playing Aisley Daltmar on Wednesday. So that's a fact, right? Mm. Rogic, oh my goodness, he's transformed him. He yeah, he has. And that's man management. Kyogo, he clearly trusts, right? And, uh, and Russell was touching upon things, but the one thing... Kyogo also has to learn this. See that wild challenge that he had in Andy Halliday? He needs to curb that as well. I thought you were going to say he needs to do that more often. (laughs) 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 Curb that as well because he could have walked yesterday. I know. That's a really bad one. And if you're going to call out Andy Halliday's on Callum McGregor on the opening day, then you have to call out your own players if they're doing the same thing. And yesterday, Kyogo putting a wild challenge in Halliday and Stephen Welsh had another wild boot at Sunday as well which is a deficiency in Stephen Welsh's game and all made John Beaton give him a yellow card could have been a red card as well because it was pretty reckless That was after me praising him at half time for ridding that element from his game Yeah you know the same kind of challenge that he put in against Mitchelland that led to the free kick you know and the rest, as they say, you know, so these are things that I don't need to tell Andrew, you'll be well aware of them. But these are the, the deficiencies in you know, the players that have named games that you're going to have to iron out. Because as much as Russell said Kyogo can look after himself, that's fine. There's, there's channel aggression, but you need to channel it the right way. You can't just be wrapping your legs around players in a scissor movement and take them out in front of the referee. Because you got away, Celtic got away with two yesterday, I think. You know, so going to call out and other players, you've got to hold your hand up and say, do you know what? We can't be doing that either because mm-hmm. it's not right, you know, and it's not within the laws of the game. Again, those are the negative points that uh, we were speaking about, but so much to enthuse about and be positive about, but you're, you're dealing in what you're watching. Realism, as I keep calling it, you know, so that's, you know, that's something that has to be ironed out moving forward from... Celtic players games but conversely you're not going to just get booted up and down the park by all on Sunday you have to be able to take care of yourself mm-hmm. Iogo can I think Stephen Welsh can but you have to do it within the letter of the law but a lot yeah. went, a lot went undetected yesterday off the ball with Kyogo he was getting targeted off the ball and on the ball so you have to turn around and say right if our players are going to play by the rules then other teams are going to have to as well you know, you yep. can't you can't have guys booting Kyogo when the ball's away, you know, because that, that has to be clamped down on as well. And again, I go back to it, that's up to Celtic then to take that forward and mm-hmm. make, make their case and point it out and say, bump, bump, bump. We'll take responsibility for Kyogo doing that, Stephen Welsh doing that. But you have to take responsibility for this A, B and C when the ball's away. Our players getting targeted, you know, like Kyogo. And he will get targeted. You know that for a fact. No, I will. Because I think there's there's clubs in our division who will not be able to contain Kyle any other way uh, than to, to target him in, in such a manner. 
Um, when we are looking and the game that I brought up actually in the San Siro last season, uh, Boise, you know, Tommy Rogic, who's been mentioned, and we'll, we'll actually talk about him a wee bit more. And Edward um, had Celtic 2 nothing up after 14 minutes. But you just knew when AC Milan pulled a goal back, there was just a sense that night. I remember covering the game on Axon. There was a sense that, all right, we've had our 14 minutes of fun and now it's going to be the AC Milan show. And that's exactly how it turned out to be. They went on and they beat us fairly comfortably in the end, 4-2. And I think that there was a wee wobble, like what Tony said yesterday, and it's about getting that wobble out of the game all together. It's a bit of a legacy issue. Um, That's one example from last season, AC Milan. Going back to one of the points you made earlier, Russell, when we're looking at uh, yesterday's game, possession, 72%. That was against the Dundee uh, possession of 74%. And the shots, the BBC have them recorded as 36 shots against Hearts and 31 shots against Dundee. So that, I mean, that's astonishing. And when you're playing at home, I think we're going to expect to see that on a regular basis. Um, there was no for me it was never in doubt yesterday that was a big thing there was never it was never in doubt yesterday it was actually frustrating to lose two goals when you look at the the, the game um, as a whole one player that before we got on to Roderick uh, to sing his praises one player that I did feel that we missed a bit uh, Russell was, was Ryan Christie and I mentioned this yesterday because I've got a concern that uh, if we do if we do lose him that you know, he's going to be very difficult to replace. What he brings to this team, and he fits into the the style of play that Ange is implementing here, he would be very, very difficult to replace. And I think we were talking yesterday about taking it on the chin and realising that, you know what, we might have to run down the contract here and not sell him for two, three, four, five, whatever we might get him um, in today's market, you know, in the next 14 days, but get the performances between now and the end of the season that he's shown so far. I just think it would be very difficult to bring in a you know a like for like replacement on Ryan Christie at the moment. No, I think you're absolutely right. With regards to Christie, for me, buy yourself some time. Don't sell him. Take three months and identify the perfect replacement if his heart is set on going. What you also do by letting the window shut by not selling him is have three months to nibble at his ear. Have, have conversations, have sit-downs with Ange. Get Ange to start, you know, working his magic on him. Start buying into my philosophy, Ryan. And before you know it, he may well sign a new deal during that period. And you don't need to buy one. To me, there's no point in selling him now. The money you're going to get is so far removed from what he's worth. The contribution he's making on the pitch is so much more important right now. And the time scale we've got to find a replacement does not equate. It's not going to work. You're going to get a loan signing. El Yunus will be back the door before you know it. And you know what I mean? And it's, you know, disrespecting Moy, but it's just not what we're looking for, you know? So all all aspects look, looking at it, you keep Christie now. End the story. You know what I mean? And then what we do over the next three, four months will either be identify a suitable replacement and take your time to do so, or, you know, bend his ear and get him to stay. Just to talk about the legacy issues we had as well, like you were saying about the AC Milan game and that now. Obviously, I've, you know, was very concerned with a lot of stuff that I read about Ange, and I felt the gushing over his record was, to me, very unbalanced. I wanted to balance the narrative and say, well, look a wee bit deeper here, and it's not all that. It's not as amazing a record, I don't think, as was getting painted. Anyway, what he has done, and what I thought was going to be impossible, is 
take a team with 25 points behind and, you know, get them playing Ange ball quick enough that we would be dominating and getting 36 and 31 shots at home in our first two home uh, domestic matches of the season. I didn't see that being possible till perhaps the second half of the season, which then led to my concern he might not even make it that far. Do you know what I mean? But what he has managed to do is shift a lot of mindsets, i.e. your Tom Rogic that you're talking about, Paul, shifted a lot of people's attitudes, a lot of their styles of play is completely transformed in a mm. minimal period of time. Whilst it's still frustrating we went out the Champions League, that will now be looked at, I think, at the end of the season as a, if only we had been three weeks ahead. Do you know what I mean? And all this had happened three weeks earlier. I yep. think the Champions League fixtures could have looked a heck of a lot different because Mitchelland were there for the taking. And the way we're now playing, we could have really owned them. Secondly, though, I think what Ange is doing right now, and we're talking about you know potentially bringing in other, other players from the J-League, they don't even necessarily need to be from the J-League. I just want folk, if he's had all these years in the game, various different jobs, international management, A-League, J-League, I mean, he'll have contacts. We know there's obviously City Group connections and all that as well. He must know the exact profile of player, like he did with Kyogo, that mm. suits his system. Now, if he can get Tom Rogic to looking like he suits the system, a guy we were well told would be impossible to play Ange Ball. Nonsense. David Turnbull would be impossible to play Ange Ball. I worry for him. Nonsense. They play them together and it all works. So if Ange can identify more people that fit that profile that of, of his team, we need to back the manager in the next two weeks and get that done because you can't help but be very, as Tony says, enthused at what we're watching right now. <laughs> I tell you what, for a relatively unknown manager in this hemisphere, and I say in this hemisphere, he's played the Jedi mind trick on all the players and the supporters, right? He's, this guy has taken a short period of time for everyone to buy into his methods and his style, right? Fact. Mm-hmm. Right? And everybody's now on board because they're excited to see where it can go, you know? And if you can convince the likes of Roger, get a tune out of him. Christy, who was supposedly getting out the door, getting a tune out of him. Edward mm-hmm. as well, getting a tune out of Eddie. You know, yesterday was the, the Eddie. If Eddie leaves, fine. But that's a performance I want to see from Eddie and sure. from Christy until they leave those big glass doors. Right? That's, that's all you want. And... This, this guy who, yeah, and I'll admit myself, well, was a detractor when he was first announced. But my goodness, how you can switch minds and change mindsets in a few short weeks is nothing short of incredible. Mm. Right? And the, what you're watching, you really are enthused and excited and you're scared to say too much because you think, okay, can we keep this up? You know, this is a guy that wants his team to be as relentless as that first 45 against Hearts. He wants them to compete like that for 90 minutes. That's his end game. Can they do it? He's going to work on it. Can he be provided with the right players in the next two weeks to make take him further down that line? Then it's over to the Celtic board for that one. But that's what he wants to do. This guy doesn't want to just beat teams. He wants to boss teams. Mm-hmm. He want to win three, four and five, nothing. You might concede... Fine. But you know, he, he's he's wanting to set about teams and he's no hiding it. And he said gonna play a style of football that will get you up off your seats. And there's no 
no support in the world enjoys that more than the Celtic supporters, you know, and it's a real loving now with this guy, you know, you keep reading on Twitter, don't, if you don't give him what he wants, you'll leave, and people are panicking that he's going to leave, he's no intention of leaving, you know, but give him the guy the tools to do the job, and he will do the job, because ultimately, what did he say, it's on me, so he's going to take everything that comes at him, you know, but you have to arm him with the tools to give him the fairest crack of the whip, you know, and everybody told you, oh, it's a, the second season, he builds a team in the second season. He knew when he came to Celtic that he wasn't going to get a season, you know, a transition no. season. He knew fine well. He walked in and went, I'm going to give them what they want, attacking football that will get them off their seats. You give me the money, I'll get the players. I can do this. It's on me. But part of it has come to fruition. He's been given a couple of players. The styles are, you know, I wrote on the Celtic Mirror the other day, a man at work. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The team are a work in progress. Pun intended, right? Because you're an Australian, right? But you get what I mean, right? It's and we said we we said in the preseason friendlies, in a month's time, two months time, three months time, Celtic trajectory will go like that, mm-hmm. and you can see it unfolding in front of your very eyes. Now they've got two weeks to really, you know, give this guy a chance to stamp his authority and mark on this football club. Why would you not go to him and say, okay, we like Kyogo? Give us, give us more of that. You know, it's it's to me the ultimate no-brainer. <clears throat> now has to act like a big club because this guy can make you a big club again. And as Russell said there, in two or three weeks' time, you'll be like, I wish we could play Mitchelland now. It'll be a what-if. But I tell you what, it'll not be a what-if if this guy builds a team capable of winning the league and getting you 40 million quid and straight into the Champions League next season. Exactly. You'll feel confident of holding your own, you'll not be getting in this cannon fodder then, mm. you know, and he knew fine well when he came in, this can't be a slow builder, because they'll not accept that, these kind of people will not accept that, and you know what, he's trying not to get carried away, but I blame him, for the supporters getting carried away, because that first half yesterday was, you know, you just smiled and you were like, mm-hmm. you got that pride back in your football team again, Got it last week with the Dundee game, but you're allowing for the opposition. And you know what? See if they can play like that on Wednesday night, you'll swell with pride and you'll think, you know what? We, we're on some kind of magic carpet right here. Let's enjoy it while we can. See, when you're looking at the, the demands of any manager, every manager's got different levels of demands, but we, we look back on the demands, let's say, of, of a Brendan Rodgers who liked to look so much of Watson Edward during his loan spell that he urges the those in charge of the beans to actually break a transfer record. You know, and that was the first time we had broken that transfer record in many a year. The transfer record um, had stood since Chris Sutton had signed for Celtic. Uh, we broke that by bringing in Edward. You know, there was interest in Craig Gordon at the time from Chelsea. Big money bid was in. He wanted to keep him. Rogers demanded that the club kept him. They kept him and they kept him on an improved contract. 
And, you know, there, there's so many examples of that. Uh, we had a big money bid on the table, I think, from Fulham for Boyata. Rodgers wanted to keep him. The club kept him. They bowed to his demands. And I think that the, the kind of level of demands, Tony, that are being made by Ange are nowhere near the level that maybe Brennan Rodgers was making back in the day to the Celtic board. So I think it's a time to, to compromise and say, well, you know what? He's shown us enough in a short period of time that he can identify players to fit in with this very specific style that he's got and this philosophy that he's got and we need to back him. So that that's vital, Russell, because there was a slight concern that, you know what, Tony, Tony Ralston's doing really, really well. Do we really need another right back? That's not me thinking that. That's the Celtic board's kind of way of thinking. Um, Greg Taylor's playing well and we've got ball and golly behind him do we really need a left back well the answer to both of those dilemmas is absolutely yeah we do we need a right back we need a left back we need another centre half and we need another centre forward as well so yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure Ange Postacoglu is making these demands and you would just hope that he's got that relationship already with those in charge at Celtic that he's going to get what he wants within the next couple of weeks now I thought you made a really good point Russell about the, the Michelin um, games and the fact that they knocked us out of Europe, out of Champions League anyway. And we've already, I think, got a marker of our improvement or where we're going when you compare the first game against Hearts against what we saw yesterday because we blew them out of the water yesterday. I know the scoreline wouldn't suggest that. I think the scoreline flatters Hearts 3-2. Um, and I think that maybe in a month or two, or if uh, fixtures so happen if, if they ha- as they have done in the past, where you meet European opponents again later down the line, you'll show that we're a much better side than what Mitchell and are as well. It was just the, the, the fixtures came too soon. They shouldn't have come too soon, but we acted too late and they came too soon uh, for us. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where we are with that. Um, if you've got Postacoglu, who's not been in the door that long, and he's got Tom Rogic playing the way that Rogic's playing, Ryan Christie playing the way that he's performing. Tony Ralston playing like a man possessed. Like We've never seen this from Tony Ralston. He went on a mazy again yesterday. He just didn't, he just didn't get his shot away uh, at the end. And I would maybe even throw uh, Greg Taylor into the mix here as well and say he's performing really well within the system. David Turnbull, yeah, there was reservations about whether or not he could play in Angie's setup. He's playing really, really well. And we spoke pre-season about managers coming in Russell and transforming the careers of Celtic players there's a handful already who are performing far better than they were under the previous manager Absolutely, no two ways about it what Posty Coglu is doing and what I like, I mean Johnny was saying about you know, he's got everyone on board he's done a Jedi mind trick it's all very understated how he goes about his business, apart from the most important area on the pitch expressing the themselves on the pitch yeah. is where his character is the real Ange has been showing is on the football pitch you look at his demeanour in interviews his sort of cutting answers his sort of shortness his lack of sort of va-va-voom shall we say when he's talking and contrast and compare with how he sets up a football team and it is quite it's quite amazing how engaged we all are because of what's happening on the park. That's why we're all falling or panicking, like Tony says, of the thought of Adam's leaving, is because of what's happening in the park. Not because any particular interview's blown us away. Do you know what I mean? I really haven't. You know, you don't really feel like you know much about Postacoglu other than he doesn't suffer fools. Brilliant. Hey ho, there's loads of managers that don't suffer fools. But it's what he's doing on the pitch that is winning hearts and minds. 
That's the key. And that is, and it's so important to now go, well, if you can get, we were worried, remember, on this pod about how many season tickets we would sell. The announcement is sold out. Brilliant. And that is based on what we've seen, the evidence we've got in front of us on the pitch. Folk are buying into that. Why would you not then go, even if your expertise aren't football, but you like to make football decisions, like it seems the Celtic board or certain members certainly have in the past, why, when it's benefiting business, what's happening on the pitch, what Andrew's dictating and can can influence is benefiting business, why would you not further that down the line by going one or two more players from that market or that you know of? I've seen today a healthy link. We've, you know, the, the Koto, I think it was, at Man City, a 19-year-old, yeah. but yeah. instead we're apparently turning our attentions to a Croatian 25-year-old international with far more appearances. And I think, to me, that's more the direction I would like to see us going. I think there has been a shift change in the transfer strategy slightly. Let's keep it going that way because it's all there in front of us on, on the green stuff. What's happening is is unbelievable. And I also think as well, Celtic this season, and my bold prediction is, mate, I think, I think there's a chance they're going to put 10 past the team domestically this season. I know that is going out there. But I'll tell you the reason I say that. 36 shots, 36 shots yesterday. You're only converting one in three, one in three and a half shots. Now, we beat teams 5-0, having only had 10 on target, so I think there's a chance we could put 10 past the team this year. There you go. I like a so bold prediction. We'll come back to this. We'll come back to this. I like that bold prediction, Russell. But Tony seems a wee bit more reserved about it. I'll just say settle, petal, kill it, bullet. You know what I mean? So just, no, I think we could. I, I think... Um, what, what from the evidence that you've watched so far, then I think that's that's why you know everybody, as we said, everybody's enthused, right? And again, going back to talking about Ky- Kyogo, who develops that ruthlessness in front of goal, then you might see something approaching the double figures that you're talking about, Russell. You know, but it is still pretty early, and you know, chuck it out there, sorry. It's a bit of bait, mate. Come on. It's a sweeping statement that you've just made, and we'll come back to you if it does happen, and we'll say, yep, you predicted that. But listen. I don't think I'll get We will. I definitely will, Russell. I definitely will, because, you know, I said this to you before, that people do focus on what you get wrong. They do. Yeah. I mean, we're on here every day talking about every nuance of Celtic Football Club and people tend to focus on the things you get wrong. You're going to get some stuff wrong. Uh, but I did. I gave credit to Colin Watt the other day because he predicted that Dundee United, not only would Dundee United beat Rangers, he also predicted that Dundee would, uh, sorry, that Wraith Rovers would beat Aberdeen. Russell, you've gone sideways, by the way. Oh, you're back. <laughs> and uh, he was right, and I had to give him credit for that because on the flip side, he also said that Luke O'Connell would be playing the centre midfield for Celtic this season, and Lee O'Connor would be playing right back. So well, you've got to take, yeah, there's a balance there. You get some right, you get some wrong. If you're going to credit people, then you have to credit Laura Bladburn, who called him Watchstradamus on the, the group. He did. That was very good. You know, you have to turn around and say that that class, that's that's part of that. What Stradamus did like that. I like it. Let's bring in some of the comments because we are going out on 
more platforms. We're going out, I think, on eight or nine platforms now. Um, we want to make sure that uh, the viewers are getting involved. Ryan Kelly comes in to say good afternoon, Axom and fellow Celts. Can anyone tell me how to write Axom in Japanese so we can update that? That's uh, part of the merchandising push that Russell's given me an idea on. Um, Lanky67 comes in. It was amazing being back to paradise yesterday. What an atmosphere and superb performance from the boys. I can't wait until tomorrow getting tickets for the Altmar game. Quite a few tweets coming through saying people were struggling to get their tickets and they were in queues and the same thing happened mm-hmm. the other night as well and the ticket office need to have a look at that Alan Robertson suggests that perhaps Soro and McCarthy need to play on Wednesday for a little bit more protection do you agree with that Tony or do you stick with the winning formula? I think you've got to go with the winning formula you know, I think Andy's very quickly realised it's a results driven business, he wants results you know, so I think uh, I think the substitutions were give you a hint of what he was planning for Wednesday night as well. He's, he's going to try and blow them away to the first leg again, mm. if he can, you know, so that if they do face adversity in Holland, then they might have enough of a lead to cope and take a dunt on the chin without wobbling. You know what I mean? I think this is all part of the strategy moving forward. You know, he, he, he's not blind. You'll see all that, you know, the stuff that we've alluded to. So, but I think the onus will be on Celtic to build up some kind of healthy lead. Remember back in the Celtic dad days when you would play a team in Europe and you would say things like, if we can get a two or three nothing lead, you know, to take over there. You know, that was the kind of chat, right? And, you know, when you beat Real Madrid two nothing and you were thinking, it's not going to be enough. Stuff like that. You know, I think Ange wants to bring those kind of days back, especially on European nights, build up a healthy lead if you're going away in the second leg mm. to protect that kind of stuff. Whereas in, in the past few years, he just never trusted Celtic at home, especially not away in any European tie. You know, no. so I think it might be a throwback to that kind of time. And, and I think uh, the way he wants to play certainly leaves Celtic, you know, that, that's that's what he wants to do. Celtic are going to try and win 2 or 3 nothing or more if they can uh, on, on Wednesday night. A 10 nothing as Russell would, would predict, you know. But you know what I mean? That And that's so that gets you excited right away. Because you know you're going to watch a team that's going to go out to score goals. Mm-hmm. And, with, and with the away goals rule scrapped, then the, the onus is on teams to go and attack and score, isn't it? You know, it's like, what, what's the point in sitting back, you know, and trying to hit in the counter, stuff like that? There is no yeah. point. Should Use all your advantage of the home ground, the whole home support. Yeah. yeah. And, and that ground floor, the full stadium, you know, we're up to imagine Celtic did win three or four nothing, say, stuff. You know, you. You know, how good would you feel? You know, and, and it just uh, another momentum builder again. You know, so that's, you know, and you want to test yourself against a team like Altma because you want to see if you can come through adversity of which you might face in that, in that particular match for more than the 10-minute wobble yesterday, you know. So yeah. you have to keep playing better opposition to test yourself. And Ange knows that. You know, so that's in the back of his mind as well. It will be a big test. I know the old football cliche of taking a game at a time. I tend to look at maybe the next four or five fixtures as a, as a collection of games as we enter the the match against Alkmaar that is followed up pretty quickly by a, another home tie against St Mirren before going for the Alkmaar away tie and then it's Rangers at home. So I tend to look at the, the fixtures in that respect. Uh, Boise, four 
big games coming up but we need to keep the momentum going when we look at that first game against Michelin at home as well it could have been all so different had Beaton not been sent off you know and yep. and then the momentum might have actually continued a wee bit earlier than it has done Christopher Burke comes in Ralston has been superb I've slated him fair play to the boy and Cairns love it Ralston Dino absolutely Brilliant. although some people are disagreeing that Taylor is playing well and um, one of which is the underwater cabbage salesman. I wonder if that really is his occupation. Taylor playing well? Nope, certainly not. Uh, so obviously you can see two two sides of the coin there. I still think we need a new left back. Where are our priorities, Russell Boyce? If we go out and buy four players in the next couple of weeks, and I hope we do, what positions are we are we choosing as priority positions? Well, I know the fullback area probably the, the ones identifiable. Let's flip it and say if you've got one signing you can make, you can only buy one, what position would you identify? And I would say centre-back for some reason. Still, that is my... When I watch the matches, I know Taylor and Ralston perhaps aren't the answers, especially when Ralston's got absolutely no backup now option behind them because, as Lawrence points out, he is first choice right now. And whoever comes in has to compete with Ralston for that jersey. It's very much made it his own so far. But for me, it's centre-back. That is, I can only go by what I'm watching and I would like to see an experienced centre happen there. And I would like to see it be played with either Starfelt or Welsh. And I see Julian then not being rushed back, which would be a concern. You can relax with his um, rehabilitation. You can sort of take, ease him back in, whether it be as fleeting substitute appearances or however it is they want to go about it, rather than going... October, you're going to be ready for October. And all this pressure getting heaped on Julian to come in and be the, uh, oh, I like that, um, to be the, the saviour at the back. Because that's going to put more pressure on Julian than necessary after a long-term injury as well. I would go out and get an experienced centre-half and that would be my one key area. If you're then looking three, two, three other signings, yes, it would be left-back, right-back, and why not another centre-forward to mix it up a bit? Listen, it's a, it's a good... It's a good way to throw it back or flip it, as Russell says, Tony. Um, what is the priority area? I agree with him. I think centre-half. Because of the performances elsewhere that we've seen sometimes unexpectedly, in the case of Ralston, didn't see that coming in a million years. I'm not going to pretend yeah. that I did. Um, so, yeah, the centre-half position. Some of the players have been linked to Josip Juranovic. I think that's the Croatian that, that Russell alluded to earlier on. Currently playing at Legia Warsaw. He's a right-back. Jan Kuto, uh, the latest on that is that that has uh, quietened down a bit from Manchester City. Uh, Thomas Henry, apparently Celtic is his preferred destination, but uh, a deal has not yet been done. And, of course, Liam Scales has been discussed time and time again in terms of playing um, left centre-back as well. So we're always going to be um, linked to players, Tony, but do you agree with, with, with Russell in terms of the priority signings? Priority, yeah. Of course it's a centre-back and it's Gary Cahill. Go and go and get him. Go and ask the question of Gary Cahill. He's, he's doing nothing, to my knowledge. Not got a club. He's the man who could... It's just what he brings. It's, it's like a Joe Hart signing for me. It's the experience and the wealth of football knowledge. Mm. You know, and, and he would probably, you know, you think Ralston's playing well now. Imagine playing alongside somebody like that. He would improve him even more. You yeah. know, so I just think somebody like that, and it's also, I think, to me, that would be a kind of statement of intent signing in terms of 
we're bringing in this guy because we want to improve as a football club. He will help improve that back area and help this team improve as a football club. You know, I just think that that is a no-brainer for me. People can question his age, but I think he would love the challenge. Come up here and try it. Most guys who have came up from down south love it up here. They absolutely love it and they end up raving about it when their career's finished. Mm-hmm. Give it a try and give it a try under the new manager because there seems to be something stirring in Glasgow's East End. Why not be part of it? You know, why Why not want to be part of it? You know, and, and still prove that you can be box office because 60,000 punters would love Gary Cahill every other week. You know, they would chant his name from the rafters and it's just that, I just think he's a tried and tested footballer. You know, but you know, Ange, he probably target centre forward, Thomas, Thomas Henry, if that's how you see his name, and say, I can maybe trust the guys I've got in the back. Pull out attack. You know what I mean? The horses for horses. You know, if you were given one sign, they might think, okay, I'll gamble on this and go for Henry. Thomas Henry, the big man up front. And that's fine, because you know what? I would trust the manager's judgment implicitly. Yes. You know, if you turn around and say to me, I had one signing. I, I want to make it him. I'd say, okay, we'll trust you moving forward. You've, you, you've not done much wrong. Mitchell and was in too late for to do anything about it. You know, Hearts again as well, just trying to cobble everything together. Now yeah. he's settling down, and he's shown, he's shown his, uh, he's shown what he can do. Manager, so he turns and says, do you know what, we're going to sign Thomas Henry centre forward. You would go like, fine, trust him, let him go on with it, and let him keep coaching the guys at the back to play the kind of football he wants but I also noticed yesterday Joe Hart coming out and booting it didn't he twice a few times yep yep you commented on that mm-hmm. Russell spoken about that as well at length you know you adapt you know you're not playing the football for the sake of it if there's a clear and present danger it has to go defenders have to be told you know and Starfield got caught out because he didn't see the game in pictures he thought he'd mopped up the danger, but forgot to look around him. You know, switched off. You have to be switched on at all times. You know, you want to play football, fine, and I get that. But, you know, he he took a terrible first touch, and then yeah. he was trying to wallop it up the park. You know, see if he was in doubt. He said, I just wanted it first time. You know, and just turned around and went, I'm sorry, I didn't feel comfortable with that ball coming across. I dealt with it. Mm-hmm. That's how you deal with things. You don't make mistakes because it costs you goals. You know, and it's going to be costly if Celtic keep doing that, the defenders. I, you know, and yeah, I want my defenders to play football. I want every Celtic player to play football. It's preposterous to think that you wouldn't, but there's a time and a place. And that that goal changed the nature of that football match yesterday for 10 minutes until Kyogo scored the third. And see against clinical or more clinical opposition, that 10 minutes can not turn out to be a wobble. You could end up hitting the canvas in that short space of time because you could be hit, hit for one or two. And that's my concern because mm-hmm. it took a wee while to, to drag themselves out of that. That kind of wee slump, you know, that you said was a kind of byproduct of last season. Yeah, habit habit forming. Break, break the habit. Aye, that worried me slightly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because perhaps... Hearts boss Robin Nielsen made one substitution yesterday, brought on the boy Ginelli, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that one substitution threw our back line. 
He done it in the cup final as well, though, Tony. Remember? Kilter. Yeah, he did in the cup final. Yep. And it threw our back line completely out of kilter because up until then, up until the penalty was given away, they were, they were in cruise control. Mm-hmm. Yet, adversity, one goal against, and for 10 minutes, they were all at sea. Everybody in that team was all at sea, not just the defenders. They weren't picking the ball up in midfield and the forwards weren't getting a hold of the ball. And you were thinking, Again, I thought back to the cup final. Are they going to come back from an impossible position? Only for a, a few minutes. And then Kyogo scored and calmness was restored. But against more clinical opposition, you're going to get punished. That's all I'm saying. And you need to be able to cope and react to adverse circumstances and not hide for 10 minutes or go into some kind of shell for mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Because it can't, these, these spells and matches, you know, games are won and lost in these kind of spells. No, you're absolutely right. Now, just uh, on the point of the Londoner, hit the like button, boys and girls. Yeah, please do if you're watching on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, get subscribing. We have loads of prizes to the point where it might even be a multi-prize giveaway some months because we do have a lot to give away. All you do is subscribe and you're in the draw every single month. This month, it's a platinum Fratelli's disc. Next month, it's going to be a number of concept jerseys. Last month was the Verve platinum disc. Still haven't sent it out, but it's on its way. Mick Doran is just obviously <laughs> curios, etc. Bear with me. Um, now, I do want to speak, though, because as I said yesterday after the game, Starfelt was trending on Twitter. When I had a look at that, a lot of it was critical um, of Starfelt. I felt... Our criticism of him yesterday, Boise, was balanced, I felt. It was balanced. And I think even uh, more so now when you're looking at the fact that we're saying, listen, it's a makeshift, it's still a makeshift defence. You know, he made his debut against Hearts alongside Beaton. He's playing alongside Welsh this time round. He's got a new goalkeeper behind him. We're taking all of that into account. He's, he's obviously learning the Scottish game. He's learning the way that Ange plays his football. We're taking all of that into consideration. Um, but with all of that, that taken into consideration, Russell, do you have any concerns at this stage for Starfelt, or do you feel that some of the criticism was a bit over the top? There was a penalty yesterday given away by Starfelt. We discussed it. We apportioned the blame on the player that gave away the penalty. That's what happened. That's what happened on the pitch. We then balanced it with saying he's Swedish. His most recent league that he played in was in Russia. He's now in Scotland. It's an unusual career trajectory. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's an unusual path to follow if you look at someone's football career. Therefore, and I said it yesterday, he will take longer to settle than maybe other players would. That's not a criticism. That's as fair as you can be. But you've got to call the penalty as you see it. He was a diddy for two minutes. That's what happened. He lost his concentration. He completely bottled it once he realised Liam Boyce had swept in and took a wild swipe. It's on him. That's just a fact. That's not because Carl Starfelt's, you know, the the going to be the, the worst player ever for Celtic by any stretch of the imagination. And I also think, you know, 10 minutes later we discussed a dodgy pass across the box. We're only commenting on what we're seeing on the game. There's no agenda against Starfelt. I think you don't pay £4 million for a Swedish international if you don't believe they could come good in the SPFL. Of course Yankee could. Of course we do. But yesterday, the goal that we conceded, and therefore the 10-minute wobble that we've discussed earlier, is on Carl Starfelt and no one else. It's just a fact. It's not a witch hunt against Starfelt. 
like you rightfully say, his name's trending on Twitter. A lot of people probably went in studs up on Starfelt. I felt we did look at all the mitigating circumstances around his transfer, around the adapting period, keyword adapting. And you now look in the, at the actual incident in isolation and apportion the blame to Carl Starfelt for it. But of course, you balance it with all the mitigating circumstances, like I say, around his transfer to Celtic. It's not difficult. And just as you're saying that, the hives pop up on the TV screen, another uh, band from Sweden. Tony, what, what's your thoughts? Because, yes, as Russell quite clearly said there, you know, we, we take every, everything into consideration. Um, I'd love to see him coming out on Wednesday night and uh, playing an absolute blinder. Just yep. to put everybody's kind of doubts, I don't mean everybody has doubts, but those who have doubts about him to rest. Because there, there did seem to be a bit of criticism yesterday. I think people want to distinguish between observations and criticism. These are observations by Celtic fans. You know, you're, you're, you're making informed judgments from, as Russell says, what you're watching. So it's observations. You're not criticising per se. You know, but you want a guy to do his job. But you've noticed and you've observed yesterday he didn't do his job. And when he didn't do his job, it affected the team for mm. a 10-minute spell. So as Russell says, it's on him. So we've observed that. So he's quite right to turn around and say, well, here is my observation after observing what I have just watched. It doesn't mean you're criticising all the time. But that's the problem. You proffer some kind of an opinion on a Celtic player, albeit maybe it might be slightly negative, but an observation, and you're just, it's a pile on now. You're not allowed to say these things. Oh, you've got to get behind them. No, I'm sorry. The guy defended like, an amateur footballer, you know, he did. And it cost the team <laughs> wobble for 10 minutes. And mm. they could have lost a second goal and it affected his own confidence as well and players around him because, as Russell said, he played a ball across the box, you know, which just wasn't on, you know, and then that panic started to set in again, you know, and you're thinking, we're 2-0 going on 10-0, as Russell was saying, <laughs> yeah. It's 2-1 now, and we're worried about losing a second goal <laughs> when, when they were pulverising hearts up yeah. until that point. And even Ralston, Taylor, Starfelt and Welsh were looking very good up until that point. You know, the, the, the team was functioning <laughs> quite superbly up until that point. And then all of a sudden, so that's your observation. You, you know, call it criticism, call it what you like, but you can't ignore it. <laughs> you can't just turn and say, ah, well, you know what, that's fine. And I take on board everything Russell said. He wouldn't have been signed if the manager didn't think he could do a job. But getting back to the point, there's clearly elements of that Celtic defence that aren't comfortable playing the ticky-tacky football and Ange ball from defence at this moment in time. So they have to. It's common sense in a football park. If you can't play football out of defence because you think it might end up, you know, you might cost a goal or it's a high risk, and don't do it. I'm not advocating playing hoofball before commenters come in and say, oh, that's not the way Ange plays. Well, see, I know it's not the way Ange plays. Preaching to the converted, I know the way he wants to play, but mistakes cost goals. And if people are going to say, well, the only way you learn is to make mistakes, I tell you what, go and play for a period like that for 10 minutes or 15 minutes at Ibrooks and see what happens. You know, you will concede. Mark my words, you will concede 
if you play like that or you wobble like that for 10, 15 minutes, Ibrooks, and then people will say, what did you not get rid of it for? What did you not, you know? Adapt. <laughs> Russell's saying, adapt. Yeah, yeah. I just think, of the, remember the old John Smith's bitter adverts with Peter Kay? I have it. <laughs> remember? <laughs> now and again, none wrong with that. Um, no, you're right. And uh, talking about adapting, Russell, I've adapted over the last year to the way that uh, opinion and comment is received uh, on a Celtic state of mind on social media. And, you know, sometimes people don't want Celtic to be criticised, and I get that, because we're in a situation where for years uh, many, many people have taken every opportunity to criticise Celtic, and a lot of Celtic fans don't like to see their own doing likewise. So I totally get that. But I tell you what, last season, if you honestly thought we could have got through last season without criticising elements of the club, then... Come on. Uh, we're not just doing it for the sake of it. We're certainly not doing it this season for the sake of it. Every one of us wants to see Ange Postacoglu succeed. I want Celtic to win the treble this season. I know we talk about European football, and you've got to because it's one of the biggest income streams that a club like Celtic can tap into in Scottish football. You've got to concentrate uh, on a domestic game, but you've always going to have to have ambitions in European football. And that's where Celtic are. But for me, domestically, after last season, I would love to see, and I see the game against Hearts as part of this, I'd love to see us going for all three trophies domestically. I don't see any reason why not. I really don't. Because when you look at last season, that was a capitulation. And we are rebuilding this season. And by the way, I don't take for granted a treble. Uh, just because we won four in a row, I know how difficult it is to win them. We've got Wraith Rovers coming up in the next in the next round. What I would say is we'll, we'll cover that game and we'll look at uh, Wraith Rovers in more detail. But I would say anyone who's watching a Celtic State of Mind, get onto the YouTube channel. I've got a couple of interviews with two um, current players at Wraith Rovers who are worth watching, Ross Matthews and Lewis Vaughan. Uh, I noticed that Vaughan missed the game against Aberdeen. He has suffered from some terrible injuries, but that boy is a goal-scoring machine. If he is back fit against Celtic, we're going to have to keep an eye on him. Lewis Vaughan, remember the name. Um, and one final thing, it's the 16th of August today, 2021, and we need to say a big happy birthday to John Fallon, who today is 81 years of age. Now, Big John contacts me every time I slag the goalies off, so if you're watching, John, uh, happy birthday. He's a Lisbon Lion. He's got his Lisbon Lions medal, and he's 81 today, so all the best to Big John. It's been an absolute pleasure, as it always is. I'm standing in for uh, Amy Canavan. I've been with Russell Boyce and Tony Haggerty, and thank you, everybody, for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.